Hi, we're Chelsea and Michael. And this is the Coffee with Creators podcast. Think of it as hanging out with your buddies as we chat about content creation, social media, and life in general as creatives. So grab your favorite drink and welcome to our scrappy little podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet again another episode of Coffee with Creators. How are you, Michael? I'm good. I did not get enough enough, get enough sleep last night, and it seems like, Chelsea, you did not as well. I did not, because just uh, 20 minutes ago, I was taking a nap on the couch. My <laughs> husband had to yell down, Chelsea, it's 140. <laughs> so I like jumped up and wiped the slobber off my face and came upstairs. So <laughs> I, I also did not get enough sleep. <laughs> I know. I need, I need James's number. So that I can just text him and be like, can you please wake up, Chelsea? Because we're late. <laughs> we're late. So, yes, at least this time, because I know I've done it once before uh, when we had Landon on and I was actually late. At least this time, like I had a few minutes to kind of prepare and, and get ready. So <laughs> I'm so awesome. professional. I yeah. know. You're so on brand, Chelsea. On brand. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, so proud you know, of you. Doing but, uh, what I can for the brand. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a special guest today. And do. I, yeah, we do. I, I prepped this, uh, this person from, I mean, I didn't prep him, but basically the audience for his, his, uh, guest appearance today. And I mentioned in the last episode that we did that this person is literally like, there's two people that I followed in the very, very beginning of my Instagram journey. And it, uh, this person and another one were the two accounts that I followed religiously. And I'm like, Man, I, I wish I could be like this this guy's account. I wish I had a desk like this. I kept saying this like over and over again. And I remember this to this day, like how inspired I felt when I when I watched. Because I feel like there are two things. When I see someone on Instagram, it's either I feel kind of envious or, you know, you start hating on them. Like, this guy's just showing off. <laughs> you know what I mean? This person definitely did not make me feel that way this person made yeah. me feel inspired and i don't know what it about you know what it is about his content that made me feel that way but i guess we'll find out I so yeah our guest today is the one and only aral yay yay oh chelsea i forgot to, to prep oh, the clapping i'm sorry <laughs> i can throw it in there, there go. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Aral, welcome to Coffee with Creators. Thank you for being Hi. here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this chat, guys. Dude, of we've course. always Yeah, we've always wanted to have you here. And yeah, Chelsea and I are just not really good with organizing our guests. <laughs> We're not. We're not. But I will say, because I know Michael is saying he's been a you've been an inspiration to him, and you've also been an inspiration to me. Like your desk, your wood desk is the reason why I went from my white desk to a wood desk because I'm like, oh my God, there's just so much texture and it just brings out like so much in your photos. I'm like, I'm getting a wood top desk. So mm -hmm. thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I hope you enjoy your desk too. So I do. Nice. Yeah. They came yeah. from the same company. I know mine looks a little bit different than yours mm -hmm. though. It's, it's still the, I don't know. What do they call it? The, uh, Rustic, reclaimed wood. Uh, reclaimed yeah. wood. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Though. So much character. I know right? that's I know. that's that's what I was going for when I was, yeah. you know, before pre Instagram era when I was picking my desk. That's, that's what I was really trying to target for. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It just has like a cozy feeling, you know, it does. It does. Yeah. Yes, it does. That's why I, I went for one, too, is because it, it seems so much like warmer and cozier than just mm -hmm. like the white desk, mm -hmm. especially when I painted my walls black. It just the white desk was just almost like too much of a pop if that makes sense so, mm -hmm. i've always yeah. wondered about that like how come desks don't 
have a design other than just be it being flat. You know what I mean? So that's right. one way of doing it, right? Like adding texture. But I feel like there's there could be more. But maybe. Maybe someone's listening. Maybe <laughs> someone's like, oh, that's a good idea. So we'll see. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> but thank you, Aral. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for um, finding time in your busy schedule. Because you always yeah. look like, you know, when you look at your feed, when I, I mean, when I look at your feed, it's always like, it looks like you're always working. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I try to kind of, you know, I, I, I hate that I, mentality of like, you have to work really hard all the time idea ideology. So I kind of tell people to kind of just relax and kick it back. But, you know, I, I'm always busy with something. It's Maybe it's not necessarily work, but it, I'm always busy with something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, if I were to look at if I were to say something about you and my impressions on on your account and your like the the lifestyle that you you follow, it's that you're always trying to find ways to maybe improve your life or progress it in some way. And it's Absolutely. Just, you know, so and I think the great thing about that is that it seems like you do it. It seems like you enjoy doing it, mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Like, yeah. it's like. Yeah, maybe you're not working right now. I mean, you're, maybe you're working on a different project and it's not like you're being forced to work on it. It's like you mm -hmm. want to learn new mm -hmm. things. And which, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people will get um, intimidated by it. And that's that's me included. Like, I'm like, this, this guy knows everything. This guy is doing <laughs> oh, everything. No. No, <laughs> absolutely, funny. man. I, I, one thing I say is that I, I don't know everything at all. I never know everything. So and that's what drives me to learn more, too, because I, I love learning. I love hearing other people's stories and seeing their perspective because, you know, I can pick up something from you. I can pick up something from Chelsea. You know, I love both of you guys' styles as well, um, especially, you know, Michael, I've been following you for a while. And I really like the way you kind of tell the story verbally because that, oh, that's nice. something I personally envy of your work because I'm, oh, I'm, I'm not a native English speaker. So I've always had that barrier of, you know, when I'm putting my thoughts into text, it's just there's always that little friction when I'm trying to tell things, mm -hmm. whether whether it's the language barrier or it's the, the cultural difference. Um, but, you know, I've always enjoyed how you kind of put out that story and kind of explain things. That's really interesting. I've, I've never really thought about this, but and I, I know we've, we've chatted for a while now. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're in a couple months and we've even met like in person during yep. uh, Adobe Max. Yep, about awesome. um, this time yeah. of the year, right? Yeah. Oh, God, that's right. But um, so what's what's your what's your background? Like, what's uh, can you tell us more about your your story? Where you, you absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I came to the United States when I was 18, 19 for college. Um, first time ever being in the States, um, you know, landed in Miami airport, came, drove up to Melbourne, Florida, which is where my school, Florida Tech was. Um, and I studied software engineering. Um, finished my bachelor's in four years and then got immediately hired by the school to do some research. Um, and while I was doing my research, I kind of got poached by my boss to do a master's degree as well. Um, when I say poached, it's, it's pretty much like, you know, the, the professors there kind of just look for those students and they're like, you know, you should be my PhD student. You should be my master's student. <laughs> so, okay. you know, I, I got, I got poached, uh, yeah. by my professors. Um, and then, so I worked with the school for about a year and a half doing programming, software engineering, and some research on cybersecurity, and then just moved on to do my master's in cybersecurity. Cause my boss at the time was actually the Dean of 
um, the cybersecurity department. So he was like, you know, you should be under us, whatever. Um, and then when I was doing my, when I was working on my thesis and doing my research, um, I kind of came across to human factors, um, which is basically a, it's a version of user experience, more, um, mainstream, um, term for it. Um, and then I just got a, you know, I, it was a big passion in me just understanding that class, going through those researches. And I was like, this is what I want to be. And, you know, that's what I do now. That's oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. So you said, you said a few words that um, I recognize. <laughs> My husband, yeah. he is also, um, he's in cybersecurity and mm -hmm. programming and all of that stuff. Um, but for our listeners and for myself included and all of us non-technical people, and me. Can you, and Michael, <laughs> uh, can you kind of explain to us what you do for a living? Yes, absolutely. And I'll, I'll try to keep minimal abbreviations and jargons and all that. And I'm actually going to try to keep it high level too. Um, okay. So um, by my job title, I'm a front end engineer. So okay. basically my responsibility is working on the client facing side of a software. So basically whatever you interact with, you know, when you go on a website, whatever as a consumer, as a, uh, as a user, you interact with, you see that's, that's basically what I'm responsible of, you know, building the tech stack for it, you know, the programming, the designing, and then bringing my um, human factors, human computer interaction background as well. Um, I also do user research, user experience design. Um, we're, a, I work with a small startup company, so I have, I wear many, many hats mm -hmm. among different projects. Um, mm -hmm. So basically what I do is I take a project from like, all the way from ideation, you know, napkin level to bringing it to, um, to your eyes pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really interesting. That is insane. Mm -hmm. <laughs> from My napkin gonna, to, I know it's, it's like, it's like, I love that. You know, I'm going to dumb it down a little bit, right? Cause it's, it's me, but it's like, <laughs> it's like Steve jobs drawing an iPhone and then having an iPhone. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's how I see it. Like that's, so that's, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. crazy. So everything from, and you said human factor. That's like a, is that you said it's a, it's another term for user experience? Is, is that um, it's said? it's 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 a sibling um, it's a sibling, I guess, area of study. So user experience mostly focuses on more of like consumer products, how users deal with like everyday technology. Human factors is more of a generic. Um, it's like an overarching umbrella um, okay. area where. You know, you can have human factors in technology. You can have human factors in aerospace. You can have human factors in um, mechanical engineering, car engineering. So human factors kind of applies to all of them. All, all of them. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. In gotcha. your specific, like, job, I mean, I know you said you wear many hats, but you take the idea from napkin, like you said, right? Mm -hmm. To, like, what's the final product? Maybe maybe that's a better way for me to try to really understand it. Like, what would be a final product? Like, uh, an example of it, maybe. Um, so, in a very simple um, way to do it. Um, so basically, we're building right now. What we're working on with my team is we're building an application mm -hmm. to measure the carbon emissions of um, potential new technologies and predict their um, their 50 year um, performance pretty much. So, you know, I have a new solar panel idea. I want to know, I kind of want to, I want to be able to predict um, 
what, how much energy, how much carbon emission that's going to save me within the next 50 years. So this is the idea. This is okay. what we start with. Um, and then we break that down. How do we do this? And um, I don't really deal with like the data science part of it or, you know, the the back end part of it where, you know, how the data is going to be stored, how the data is going to be transferred. That's that's other my, my other teammates that usually deal with that. Um, but basically, we start with that idea and then we kind of start sketching out, OK, well, what the user is going to be doing, what's the output that they want to see, like, you know, do they want to see charts and useful data or do they want to see like this big spreadsheet of just, you know, data dump? What are they working with? So I start trying to figuring out basically what our client, um, our user base is going to look like. Is it going to be Michael who doesn't really, you know, understand yeah. what emissions is? It's not going to matter to him if you mm -hmm. give him like a spreadsheet of data or is it going to be like, you know, an XYZ person with a PhD in, you know, one of the universities that is actually looking into getting some sort of a spreadsheet like that, you know, I see. And then just really making cool. decisions throughout the way to getting it to a point where, okay, well, you can go to this website and you can look at it and that's what it looks like type of a thing. Hmm. Wow. That's like, that's yeah. just like, I wish I could say, cause I was going to say, oh, it's kind of like graphic design, you know, it's just like basically taking one idea and presenting it to whoever client it is that's viewing it in, in the most effective way. Right. Mm -hmm. But definitely not like graphic design because graphic design isn't that smart. I mean, there, <laughs> there, there, <laughs> there are a lot of similarities and that's there, there are actually a lot of graphic designers who kind of switch into pivot into user experience. It's, you know, kind of just applying the same skills of understanding your client, understanding their needs and giving them a solution. But it's not just, you know, artistic posters or handouts or flyers. It's going to be what it's going to look like on a um, on the computer, on the on a website. Yeah. And then with my technical background, I can take that a step further and actually start building out that, you know, that mock up or that print that I sent to you sent to the client. OK, that's so cool because it's like all of this, like the, the behind the scenes that you mm -hmm. do, like for example, my, you know, my job is the behind the scenes is think, think of a design, you know, sketch it out and then print it out. And basically the end product is a package, for example, mm -hmm. right? A box or whatever. And you, you do all that, obviously a lot deeper than just design. And then you end up with a, a software, a website, a, a something. And these are the things that people like us, like modern, you know, people who appreciate modern technology, Mm -hmm. kind of take for granted, right? right? Like when Apple announces a new phone, for example, everyone's so upset with the uh, the camera bump. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. did you not think of all the things that went behind into but, developing yep. the iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. so you, think it's like, they, you think they just put that bump in there because they wanted to? Like there's a exactly. reason that bump there, is there, there you know? Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of business decisions that go behind, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah, and a I was, gonna, I was just going to say, I think as soon as you, you appreciate that or you, you realize that, then you start to really appreciate everything else. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, speaking yeah. of Apple, I have to ask you, Errol, did you watch the, the Apple event? Absolutely. I, I, I don't I don't really think I missed any in the past couple of years. Oh, really? OK. Yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> 
That's that's been I the hot it. question. I know. <laughs> Chelsea fell asleep. She was probably sleeping I, yeah. on the couch. <laughs> I mean, either eating or sleeping. Dear. If I'm being hundred percent honest, I skipped a little bit of it. You know, the beginning part, I wasn't really paying that much attention to it, so I kind of had that on mute, just playing on the side. But mm-hmm. I watched most of the. You know, I had the subtitles, so I was kind of reading the okay. highlights a bit. Were you more interested in like the technical aspects of it, or just like the overall marketing of it? Um, well, to the, this week's one was mostly just focused on consumers. That's why you get more people getting interested in it. I, I'm more excited about the WWDC, um, which mm-hmm. was earlier in the summertime when they did, yeah. you know, release the Big Sur iOS 14 and all that. Um, I'm not an iOS developer, but I still like to be involved and kind of just see their process and understand, try to understand their decisions, why they're making what they're making, you know from like the tiniest things like their change of icons how they're moving from you know that flat era to a different you know yeah mm-hmm. um different style now and just you know just trying to figure out understand their train of thought pretty much so for for someone who who thinks like you like in detail i just want to get your impression what did you think about their move with taking out the uh, the power brick and the other uh, headphones <laughs> Um, I think I understand their reasoning, um, but I think the specific decision of removing um, the the plug was more of a more of a marketing ploy than um, an actual move towards green energy. I know Apple does a lot of they do behind the scenes take a lot of steps towards um, you know going zero carbon. Um, um, but the thing is that specific one was more of a marketing, um, ploy. I was thinking, in, in my opinion was, it, it felt um, like that to you. Yeah. Because, um, there's so many other ways that they could go about, um, ma- going more green. Um, I, I remember you guys were talking about this, I think last week with the, mm-hmm. um, people complaining about it. I was just, you know, when they announced that I kind of for- saw that coming as soon as they said that for the Apple watches, I was like, they're, they're going to probably do the same thing for the for the iPhones as well but if they really wanted to you know go green they could make their laptops they could make their iPads more repairable upgradable so you know when you have a dust in your keyboard you don't have to throw away the whole main main board and just like get rid of the laptop cuz there's they're not really repairable they're all glued together yeah. so there are there are things that they can do that actually would help but i think this was more of a they were trying to just yeah yeah Save some money and, you know, yeah. yeah, save some money and get some good PR. Yeah. In that sense. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely that. stirring. It's definitely stirring up a lot of, of chit chat around it. I mean, if yeah. that's what they were going yeah. for, that's that's working. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. I never thought and about that. That's pretty cool. I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but, you know, Samsung immediately released an ad saying, you know, something to do with like, we don't leave out the I, I don't remember what exactly the tagline was, but it's basically just throwing uh, pitch at you know we we still have the they're making we fun still of have the yeah. wall plug yeah but you know it's it's kind of just That's good. it's it's just it's becoming so mainstream at this point with samsung trying to you know poke at apple because you did the same thing with the with the aux Head, yeah, aux, headphone, headphone jack, jack yeah. you know yeah. you, you keep doing it but yet you keep circling back and doing Following. the same thing so <laughs> No. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. They're they've got to get their stab at Apple, but then eventually they're just going to do what Apple is yeah. doing because they know anything that Apple does, like Everyone it's going to work. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. every, it's Apple. You yeah. know, everyone's going to follow suit. 
So and I think earlier it was it was like oh like Samsung was you know praised for being kind of quirky with these stabs, but now now that people are used to just seeing how Samsung kind of follows the pattern after mm-hmm. poking at them, they're like mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense because you're gonna go ahead and remove it. You know yeah. maybe next yeah. one but the other one. Yeah, I'm curious like why their direction is like that, but I don't know maybe. Maybe they know something that we don't, but yeah. yeah. Okay, well that's that's pretty cool. I never really thought about that, so that's a really that's a really good point about going greener. There are other ways, and yeah, using mm-hmm. the uh, the the plug and the headphones as an excuse does does feel a little forced. Mm-hmm. If you really think and I think that. people weren't as much upset about the plug not being included, but but more the fact that even though the plug is not included, they're still paying the same amount of price for whatever is coming in. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's why, you know, that that's the whole marketing ploy that I think is happening behind that. They're just trying to create some sort of, you know, they're going to stir the pot a little bit yeah. to get the, you know, people talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's working. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about it. It's <laughs> exactly. Working. Right. We've talked about it for two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe and we should on move Instagram. on. <laughs> Maybe we should. So. Uh, kind of circling back to Instagram, um, Aral, what is your general outlook and what are your future goals for Instagram or social media, if you have any? Um, <laughs> so as a, as a seasoned creator on Instagram, I would say, I wouldn't say I'm a veteran, but it, it's been a few years that I've been creating content on Instagram. I find the platform a bit frustrating than anything. Um, given especially that I started kind of dipping my feet in YouTube as well, started creating some content on there. Um, it's just the way I see Instagram's algorithm is just not focused on its creators or its um, community members. It's more on benefiting on the company itself, you know. And, you know, I actually just really realized that when I started creating content for YouTube because, you know, I, my first video just blew up with nothing you know no no follower base no nothing and it just blew up and i was like well that's the algorithm difference right there for you you know mm-hmm. i have to fight the instagram algorithm to show my content to my already existing audience where youtube just pulls you up puts you out there and then boom and i, I just yeah. find that a little bit frustrating you have a hundred and nine thousand followers right yes as of that's right crazy. now yes sir I remember, I remember when you were way, way, way below that. I mean, I I was actually thinking about it the other day, you know, last year, about around this time of the year, um, when we were at Adobe Max, I was actually around like the 60,000, 60, 65,000, which where you're sitting right now, isn't it? Am I correct? I'm a 50, no, I'm like 50, 50, 50,000. So yeah, yeah. it's not too far, but. I mean, 50, 60, 50, 70, that's pretty much the, the similar range. So mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of just see it like, you know, zero, it's like hundreds to 10,000. And then you have the 10,000 to 50,000. Yeah. And then, you know, 50 to 100. I, you know, if I just thinking about my own experience, that's kind of where the big milestones for me. That's actually how I feel, too. That's why I think when I hit 10,000, that's when I kind of celebrated. And then 20,000, I kind of did just had to acknowledge it. But after that... I'm like, maybe the next milestone will be 50. And then after 50, I'm like, I honestly feel like after 50, the only other milestone I'd probably celebrate is 100. Because it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be one of the, I, I just don't want to be like, 
you know, another thousand, another thousand. Yeah. Just like, I, I, I used to know someone who was like that. And I'm like, for crying out loud, I know. <laughs> like, I see it. I get it. Congratulations. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to sound too cheesy about it, but like, I, I really don't think that much about the follower number. I, I, every chance I get this, I say this out loud, you know, I just think follower number is just a vanity metric. And I know Mm -hmm. having a huge number, you, you know, people might be thinking like, oh yeah, you have like hundred thousand followers. It's easy for you to say, but I really don't really don't care how many followers I have. Yeah. 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 It's a very mature way of looking at it for sure. Yeah, Yeah. it is for sure. And I was going to ask, since you have, that amount of followers and reach and as well as your full-time job like how has instagram affected your life as far as like how you go about your your day-to-day things do people recognize you close to (laughs) i was gonna say close to nothing pretty much like i I keep instagram and my normal life like black and white just very distinctly separate Mm -hmm. um there were you know three or four people that kind of recognize me every once in a while in a coffee shop and you know was, my response was you could think they'd be like oh yeah you're all attached right with the desk and i was like yeah that's cool was like your desk is awesome and i was like cool can i work on this table with you <laughs> like, sure. like i'm just I, a regular I, guy <laughs> yeah i mean i really i mean i'm, I'm just yeah exactly i'm just yeah, a regular yeah. person here to drink the same coffee that you're drinking right now you know yeah. open up my laptop and do the same work probably so you know i don't yeah. make a big deal about it um my teammates my colleagues actually had no idea Um, most of them don't even have instagram so they didn't really know what was happening and so the funny thing is when we do the web um you know the video conferences they see from the desk's angle and when you look at from the desk's angle it's just a white wall so they just Mm -hmm. think like this kid just is poor student just sitting in like a (laughs) little empty room and then you know it was what was it was some i think it was adobe max again because um most of my teammates are based in la so when i when i came for the conference i actually met up with them and had dinner and they were asking me like what are you doing and i was like oh you know adobe is having this conference i got invited and i i was gonna you know i'm just demonstrating this tool and it's like Mm -hmm. you you do photography i'm like yeah it's it's, it's a hobby Uh, you know and like i said i i try not to play it like you know oh i do this and i'm like a big deal because i I really don't think that's the case um Mm -hmm. and so anyway i showed them like a picture and then um (laughs) my um my not my boss but my my team lead was like god damn you had ten thousand likes on a photo of a desk that's awesome like yeah i was just browsing your account i saw one that had 31,000 likes. That blew yes, me away. I was like, what? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That well, photo, I think, went out. I think I released that as, as when my first YouTube video got um, trending. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people came in from there, and that was the first thing that mm-hmm. they saw. And that was probably one of the biggest one that got um, biggest engagement that I got. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, really, crazy. Yeah, that's uh, you, actually before before I say anything, you know what you should do? for for your coworkers, you, you have you seen those like led counters or like led screens put it behind you next time you have a zoom meeting and it has like a, a follower counter it's <laughs> on the every back time you have a new follower it's like what's that number behind you oh, yeah, don't worry about it don't <laughs> worry like, about oh. that oh I, I, after the, after that conversation after that exchange we had everyone knows about it now and oh, they, great. They, yeah, they, yeah. they don't they don't hold back on making fun of me so yeah <laughs> That's I love funny. it. I do too. I love it. I love it. But I, I also 
I also um, resonate with what you just said. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to. Um, it's amazing to see how people ride that popularity thingy, whatever it is, when when they have ten thousand followers. I mean, we hear it all the time, right, in the news. Influencer, which by the way, which is a good thing, because I know you emailed me. You're like. Um, um, I'd prefer not, you know, I'd prefer content creator over influencer because you and I agree on that 100%. I just wasn't thinking when I was writing that. I'm like, okay, maybe influencer. But I, I don't <laughs> like the term because it's like, it makes you feel like, um, uh, me personally, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. But for me, it's just, it doesn't sit well with me because I, when I call myself an influencer, I feel like I'm trying to separate myself from everyone else, right? Like, I'm better than everyone. Like, you hear it in the news. Like, influencer who has 10,000 followers doesn't want to pay for a room or a dinner because they, they will shout them out or something. I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on top of, you know, all yeah. that ne- negative connotation that's been building up, um, another thing, you know, since you brought it up, another thing why I try to avoid using the term influencer is because it suggests that I influence people's opinion where that's absolutely not what I'm trying to do with my feed and my content that I create. Mm-hmm. I want to educate people on the tools that I use, the products that I use so that they understand how I use what I use. If that makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. You know, so, yeah. I, I have this camera that I'm using. I'm using this camera because it works for me in this, this and this way. Now, as a consumer who, you know, who looks at my audience, um, looks at my content, it's part of my audience. If that was something that you were looking for, then keep that in mind. That's good for you. You know, that's a tip for you. But I'm by no means in any of the content that I create. I'm like, I have this camera. This is the best camera. You should have this. You need this. You know, I don't do that. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's exactly why I kind of avoid that term influencer because mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to influence people's opinions here. I'm just trying to help them make decisions, decisions by yeah. educating them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's what I say as well. Like just because I'm showcasing this stuff on my Instagram account doesn't mean I'm trying to force you to buy it. I'm just showing you what I like and how I use it. And if you like it too, like here's a link that you're no, I'm in no way trying to like push you to go buy it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I honestly think that's a secret, really, to gaining your, your audience's trust. And I think a lot of companies still don't get that. Like, a lot of companies still, mm-hmm. you know, look at your numbers. Like, oh, they have 10,000 followers, 50,000 followers. But honestly, look at how much trust they've built with their audience, I think, is more important. And, yeah, you can't build trust unless you're being honest. I've had, I shared this with Chelsea. I've had, I had a project with a company that they, they I, I had to re- um, redo the, the video a couple of times and because I was just not favorable with, with the product. And they said, yeah, maybe we can choose. We can try to eliminate this or save this instead. I said, no, I'm not going to change my overall opinion. What I can do is I can try, try to basically eliminate this part of the videos just so it's not so scathing, I guess, like the review. And mm-hmm. they said, okay, yeah, let's just do that. And that's the problem. I think a lot of people who get into this, this type of field where they want to be um, a content creator, they just, they, they want the hype. They want the whole, I have the newest camera. I have the newest, whatever I have the newest, this, and it almost doesn't matter what their opinion is. It's just like, you know, Oh, we'll give you this. And then you just shout it out and that's fine. And it might work, but honestly, in the long run, I don't think so. I I think everyone's going to catch up finally and be like, 
you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this person because <laughs> it, it, he's, he's just like selling everything that he doesn't even believe in. And I've unfollowed mm-hmm. a lot of like YouTubers who do the same thing. So what, what you're doing, Aral, I think is very, first of all, it's very smart and it's very, um, I don't know what the word is, but yeah, yeah. Commendable, I guess, is is what I was (laughs) looking for because, you know, we need, yeah, we need people who are honest and we need Mm. people who are genuine and, you know, being genuine online is, gets thrown around so much like that term, like authenticity that it makes me sick to actually say it because (laughs) it's become a buzzword. But yeah. so show it through your actions. Do it just like what Aral's doing. So yeah, I think what matters that. is that it's it's the intention. What's the intent in the content that you're creating? You know, mm-hmm. if you look at the the really really successful content creators on Instagram on YouTube, the reason why they still are hanging on top is because they don't do it because of you know the monetary or the popularity aspect of it. They do it because they just genuinely enjoy doing it you know like mm, this is what i would point. do it my you know if you didn't pay me anything if no one followed me i would still do this and you know i joke around a lot with about this with my friends because um i always say you know instagram honestly just allowed me to justify all these expensive things that i was buying and all this tech that i was using right. now i can tell people listen i i got this because you know yeah. I had this going on for me, so <laughs> get off my back, you know? Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> because, that's how you know, I justify all of my purchases, and that's how I explain them to my husband. You know, because... When he's bef- like, what, what is this? Before Instagram, because, you know, all my friends would just, you know, be on my back, be like, you know, oh, you're spending thousands of dollars on a lens, like, you know, $2,000 yeah. $2, on a lens, and I'm just like, you know, like, you're interested in, like, cars or whatever, you invest in that money. I'm interested in, you know, technology. Yes. I'm interested in cameras. So I'm going to invest in this. And yes. now that I have a big audience, I can just be like, listen, don't even question it. I got this going on. For <laughs> yeah. you, so. I'm, it's my great. responsibility to share it with my audience. So don't yeah, worry about right? it. I always talk so, around with my wife too, because my wife likes, she has a thing for expensive purses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, does that purse, can that, can that purse um, capture raw images? Can it? make phone calls <laughs> what can it do that's <laughs> okay. good but Aral, i wanted i want to ask you so a lot of people look up to you i mean myself included i've always yeah, been very vocal too. about that yeah and i'm sure a lot of people like myself who are who are, are in the beginning like in the beginning i was really inspired by your content and inspired by your account and what you were doing because you seemed so genuine and you seemed like you were really just doing the work like head down you always say that like head down do the work and it's very admirable. It's not about like I used to glorify being busy and I kind of grew out of it because I'm like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. so busy. I'm so busy. Now it's I just realized it's something that's that you shouldn't really be be proud of. I think mm-hmm. you should be proud of how productive you are. Like, oh, I finished this. I finished that. It's OK to tell people that you're busy. But I remember in my early days, I was just like, I'm so busy. I didn't get to sleep. I'm so busy as, as if that was like a, a badge of honor that I should be wearing. No. And, you know, I think. What I'm, what I'm trying to get at is like people who follow your account and who admire your work, do you have any maybe tips or advice or, or I don't know, like wisdom to give people who want to maybe follow your footsteps, whether it's becoming a front end engineer or maybe a content mm-hmm. creator? So what, what would you think? Uh, what would you tell them? Absolutely. Um, first, I'm going to um, go back to your the busy versus productivity um, 
spiel um so you know during you know gary v's early times you know there was this hustle mentality you know you got to work hard you got to you know bust your ass sorry about the language oh it's um, fine. No, you're fine i okay. cuss all the time i, I was, said wow last sure. time so <laughs> <laughs> but you know there there was this mentality that you need to work like you know all 24 hours of a day to you know be successful um and then now you're getting these people that are saying like no like you need to be happy so don't do like do don't do work i think what's important is that finding a balance you know i certainly have times where i have to you know i get burnt uh burnt burnt, burnt out yeah burnt burnt out. burnout yeah um from you know working but you know that's not on in a long term it's you know you, you got to find a balance you know you need to ha- work hard if you want to be really successful but you also need to know when to you know hit the brakes for a bit you know take it easy relax kind of just do something else focus on yourself um and then on the other extreme don't just use that as an excuse to just not do anything at all because i keep seeing these two extremes just you know clashing with each other the whole point is not is that one of the other is not better than the other you know it's you got to find the middle ground that works for you the best yeah yeah um going into you know couple tips that i can give for anyone that want to get into front end engineer um i'm going to keep them very high levels because we can go into like a rabbit hole of conversations <laughs> and just sure. prices um <laughs> but i would say if you're just getting into it um just be patient with your progress i know a lot of people can get intimidated stepping in first and you know into world of programming because there's a lot to learn um but you know repetition and consistency is what will you know help you get better and that won't come overnight you know you need to put in the work and you just got to be patient and try to you know not jump from cuz a big um mistake that i see a lot of newcomers do is just you know jump from one programming language to another you know i want to do um ios development i want to do android development i want to do web development i want to mm-hmm. do all three of them um you know so i think you just take your time and try to actually learn the core concepts you know data structures um and basically the computer science aspect of it before you hop into it because you'll see over time as you interact with more and more languages in that in its abstract all these languages are pretty much the same it's just the the semantics are different you know mm-hmm. between you know javascript and python there's not much there's just it's just semantics but if you keep just wobbling around between the two then you're just going to get you know lost and you're just never going to move forward and then another yeah. thing is Google and Stack Overflow is your friend. You got to learn how to Google things and figure out on your own. I get so many people messaging me, you know, I'm stuck in this blah blah blah. I I get this error. Can you help solve it solve it for me, you know, or I don't know what this means. Can you help solve it for me? I'm like, you can just type what you just asked yeah. me on Google <laughs> and you will get 50 answers immediately, you know. <laughs> That's it's very just, true. It's just blows it my mind. You 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 got to be proactive, especially if you want to be in the field of programming, you need to learn learn to do the dirty work. You need to go and figure it out on your own cuz you know, programming in its abstract essence, it's it's just problem solving. You're just using computational skin. You you're using this device, this computer to help you solve a problem. But if you don't know how to solve the problem, there's nothing that computer 
do, can do for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you can't just expect someone to just be there as your quote unquote mentor to basically just hold your hand through the process and teach you, you know. Mm-hmm. I love what you said, by the way. You just have to learn how to do the dirty work. Yeah. Because that really applies to everything. Like, I follow the same yeah. thing. Like, I, you know, not, not in my entire life, like just now in, that I got older, but it's where you really find, right? Like your thing, when you do mm-hmm. the dirty work, you're not, you're not just, you, because everything's so glamorous online. Everything's so glamorous mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, you're just on brand. Like the way you're speaking things, like, I, I, yeah, it's like, great. I can see his feed. I can see, oh yeah, it's definitely what he's doing in his pictures. And I feel like that should be on your shirt. Do the dirty work. But I don't do know if that's going to translate like, I said, well. <laughs> No, Maybe I like it. I not like it. wear it. Maybe yeah. not wear it outside. I don't know. Just keep it on the ground. But I love yeah. that though. You, I really you got, love. You got to rep the brand. You got to rep yeah, the brand. You know. Have to. How about um, in yeah. terms of content creation? What what can you say about that? Absolutely. So uh, moving on to being a content creator, um, just like I said earlier, it's it's all about the intention. You know, if it, what are your intentions on starting a platform? Because you know there are thousands of you know growth hackers that tell you you can do this to get like 10,000 followers overnight, 10,000 followers in a week, blah, 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 whatever. Um, You know, what I say, what I did when I started is in, in, in its very abstraction is create the content that you want to see, you know, create stuff that you want to go on on YouTube and watch, create, take pictures that you want to go on Instagram and see. That's what you need to do. Now, you might not have the means to do it, you know, because especially with, you know, workspace, home office, the biggest excuse is that, oh, I don't have a fancy setup like you. I mean, I can show you, you know, what I have is basically when I started shooting for Instagram, you know, I had a dirty white picnic table with like an iMac and that was it. You know, I had nothing Mm -hmm. fancy. I mean, iMac is fancy, but, you know, still like I didn't have like a full on, you know, setup or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just you just add on to it because a lot of people just assume that, you know, I walked into Best Buy and just, you know, dropped $20,000 cash and just walked away with everything that you see everything, in the picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But right? that's like people, an, they do have that assumption that that uh-huh. is what happens. And you're like, I've been growing this for years. Like, do you think I just unloaded my wallet like right yeah. in one day? Yeah. 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 And, for, you know, for the record. I do not have that kind of money right now. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I can't just go in and drop like 20K on a setup. So this yeah. is something that I've been building on. You know, my workspace has been just continuously evolving for the past like five years, I would say. Yeah. And, you know, everything I add, everything I remove, you know, they just change according to what my work requirements or what my lifestyle, you know, demands from me. Yeah. Which is funny because I'm sure you've gotten this uh, question as well. Because I know I've gotten it, and probably Chelsea too, when someone asks, "How much does your entire setup cost?" Yep, I have. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's what? embarrassing for me to even think about. <laughs> Maybe I should start asking people, "How much does your entire Just, ensemble, like your shirt, your shorts, or whatever?" <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Imagine like your neighbor comes in and just says. How much does your closet cost? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like what the I heck? don't know. I don't know. I have I have T-shirts from you know high school era there. You know? I don't I don't even know. 
yeah. it's just it yeah. just it, it blows my mind but you know i mean some people just assume that you just walked in and just dropped all that cash because there are creators that do that for the sake of yeah. you know views and you know once you see keep seeing those things once you're exposed to that kind of content that's just becomes your expectation mm-hmm. yes i think you that's why everyone has done it yeah a lot of people get trapped in that like um i've seen some people on youtube that they it's almost like they can't create content unless they have well, maybe maybe not that's not really the case, but it kind of sucks how a lot of the people that I follow on YouTube now have the same content. And when I say they have the same right. content, it's like, yeah, it's like a camera drops. Every single one of these YouTubers are doing the same exact yes. review. I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. I you noticed I mean? that just this week because the D, the new DJI Ronin S2, I think yeah. it is, dropped yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. And everyone that I follow on YouTube, it's like, Yep, they've got it. Them too, them too. It's like the whole yeah. list of them. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of brands, uh, you know, DJI, Sony, they kind of hopped onto this idea that if we just push this product immediately out on the, um, you know, social media, then we'll get a good convergence. So they're, they're doing that right now. They're doing mm-hmm. that right now. And it's definitely cheaper for them than traditional advertising. That's absolutely. Sure. Yeah. yeah, way, way I mean, cheaper. They, they, they probably pay, you know, all those content creators the same budget that they would have play, um, you know, paid a professional Hollywood filmmaker to do like a three minute feature video with their camera, you know? Yeah. Cause I probably, back- I, I was just going to say, I probably, I I'm willing to bet that they even the, the cost of, uh, of all that would probably be, probably be the cost of one like prime location for a billboard. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, that this is the budget and we'll just give them the free, um, item whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then maybe a little bit of fee, and that's it. That's why that, yeah. So from a marketing perspective, I get it. But, yeah, from a content creator's perspective, that kind of sucks, right? And in, a, in, in more generic terms, too, I, I kind of see, like, there's these bubbles of creators where they all kind of do similar content, like you said, not necessarily, like, the same product, but you keep seeing these similar ideas with you know similar titles um you know i went to this a trip to this quiet lake house and then a trip to this quiet mountain house from someone else you know a trip to (laughs) quiet you know what's up with the quietness you know everyone's pushing the same amount of content and that goes back to one of the one of the advices that i've i've made a post about this too um you know when you're trying to when you follow these grow um growth hackers they tell you to, you know, stick in a, find your niche and then, you know, mm-hmm. stick with that niche and, you know, interact and follow the top accounts on that niche. And, you know, and then suddenly your Instagram just becomes, you know, set up pictures of like six people and that's what you're consuming. That's all you're consuming. That's, that's a rule that I purposefully, you know, decided to avoid. I was like, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to go follow, you know, sneakerheads. I'm going to go follow, um, custom bike builders. I'm going to go follow Muay Thai fighters. I'm going to mm-hmm. make sure that my Instagram feed is so much more variety than just set up pictures. And I think that I, I see this, uh, you know, I see this mistake from a lot of the newer accounts where they follow the bigger setup accounts and then, you know, their posts pretty much looks the same as what it they look, consume. It look exactly the same. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm not as creative as you think. I just get a lot of ideas from a lot of different people with backgrounds. You know, I, you know, 
I'm not this like super creative person. I just I'm gonna got some I'm gonna say something really quick, Aral. I think that is the true heart of creative, because mm-hmm. creativity in its essence is taking a bunch of different things and then making something new out of it. So absolutely, I'm gonna give you that credit you'd refuse to give yourself. <laughs> You're very creative, so I appreciate <laughs> like that. The mecca yeah. mecca of of creators, <laughs> like I know. that's what I love about him is like he doesn't even. I mean, know that or like doesn't like yeah. ex- expel on that. Like that, I think, is what makes a great creative. Well, it, go, it goes back to him being genuine, right? Like mm-hmm. he is genuinely curious. He genuinely wants to like educate people. Like I could yeah. see Aral as like a teacher, you know what I mean? Like um, a teacher of, uh, of tech, of, of, you know, just like of general stuff. Like I, I feel like if I were a kid, I'd be like, I'll be asking him a lot of questions like every day. He'll be like, Get out. Why are so you here I, in, my, in my office? <laughs> I, I actually come from a, I'm a, I actually come from a family of educators. So like I there, grew I up see. with teachers mm-hmm. um, and, you know, throughout high school, throughout college, you know, masters, I've worked as TA, I taught people. So I, my whole life I spent, you know, teaching people, not necessarily tech, but, you know, it, it, that teaching was always in my environment. And that's, you know, that's how I communicate with people when I'm talking mm-hmm. I got to make sure that they understand to the T what I'm saying. That's a wonderful yeah. environment. Like anywhere Aral really? goes. Yeah. Like if he's, if you meet someone, guys, whoever's listening to this, if you meet someone who is like that, who is willing to teach you, to, to teach you or share knowledge, stick to that guy. Try, I mean, try not Follow to stalk them. them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't, get, don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. <laughs> don't be like me and Chelsea, but just stick to that guy. You will learn a lot. And you know what I mean? Like, like without him knowing it, like you can make that person your mentor. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Yeah. But people like Aral who have a gift or a passion for teaching and sharing knowledge. I mean, they're just like a, a well of information. So definitely, um, surround yourself with people like that. I think, um, I think that's, that's a very good, I don't know, like dad advice. <laughs> right. Like yeah. the best. Thank you for so, that. So Aral, do you feel a sense of responsibility to your audience um, since you have such a huge following? Absolutely, you know, one hundred percent. But you know, I'm gonna put a little asterisk there. But I, I cared about. I had a responsibility towards my audience when I was, you know, when I had a thousand followers, when I had two thousand mm-hmm. followers. It really doesn't matter to me how big the audience is. I just, you know, I I always feel this obligation and responsibility that. I have to be 100% transparent with what I do things and how I do things, but also make sure that when they're making a decision, like I said, they're, they're making an educated decision, not an influenced decision, you know, mm-hmm. I, cause you know, I, I, a lot of people ask me in DMs, like, I want to get this monitor. I want to get that monitor. I never tell them cause their initial question is, Hey, what monitor do you have? And you know, you would expect, I'll, I'll just talk good about my monitor but you know i'm like i have this but it sounds like you're looking for more of a gaming focused thing where your options could be this this and this i give them a paragraph of what they should do and that's what i do to my friends too and you know that's how i kind of got into you know doing more tech reviews and talking about tech stuff is basically you know i have a lot of friends who are not good with tech and when they're you know buying a laptop buying a um a monitor buying a tv it's just a headache for them because there's so much op there's so many options from so many Mm -hmm. um brands and there are so many um vanity metrics on those 
TVs or monitors or laptops, like, you know, 4K HDR, HDR 100, you know, yeah. with 99% sRGB color uh, accuracy. And like, you know, this guy's just a regular TV watcher. All he yeah. wants to be able to is just click the button and go onto Netflix. Yeah. You yeah. Know. <laughs> and watch something so, in 1080. <laughs> that's me. Exactly. So pe- people get confused and that's, that's what I want to do. I want to make sure that, you know, that confusion is out of the way so that when you're making that decision, it's not a hassle. It's not intimidating to you. It's just, you know what you're getting. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Love no. that. I, I'm going to make a note. I mean, I'm making little notes in my head because I definitely want to revisit this episode in our next recording, Chelsea. And I yes. know exactly why I love this guy. I, I know exactly. I know. Now I know, Aral. I know exactly. And it's not just weird this time. <laughs> now I know Hopefully why I really strong. like you and your account. So <laughs> without, without trying to sound weird, but that did sound I weird, appreciate so. that. Yeah, of course. Okay. We have a, I have a bonus question, and this is more of like a, just like a fun little question, right? So mm-hmm. I know you're, you, you're surrounded by tech with you all. I know you have a MacBook, and you also have a Windows machine. Mm-hmm. But if you were given a choice to live with one for the rest of your <laughs> life, which one would you choose? Oof. Apple or, I mean, Windows or, or Mac or Apple? Oof, that's tough. Um, okay, <laughs> there's, there's two faults to the sensor. I'm going to go with Apple, and here's why. I've been using Apple for the past decade mm-hmm. and all my workflow, all, you know, not just the ecosystem, you know, forget about the ecosystem because people are like, oh man, I'm deeply buried in the ecosystem. <laughs> On top of that, because mm-hmm. I'm pretty deeply buried in the ecosystem too. Um, same, same yeah, <laughs> On top of that, all my workflows, you know, both creatively and development wise, I rely a lot on on um, Linux-based operating system. And, you know, I'm sure people are hopping on when they're listening to this. We're like, well, why don't you get a Linux machine? It's much cheaper. Well, then there is the creative aspect, which relies on Mac-focused apps like Final Cut, like Sketch, Mm. which I can't get on a Linux machine. So Mac really gives me this middle ground where I can join both my creative needs and my tech needs. So, I mean... I love my Windows machine. I think it's powerful. And for the price worth, I think it's actually more powerful than my, my MacBook Pro um, for a much cheaper price. But yeah. it's just my workflow is so buried in this ecosystem that, you know, just rewiring everything is going to take me, you know, weeks, months, maybe years to kind of get used to that workflow in that in that Windows ecosystem. And that's just not worth the time and money that I would, you know, spend. Yeah, I would say that is a very satisfactory answer. If someone were yes. to ask me that, I'd be like, Mac or Windows? I'd be like, Mac? And Aral just gave me like... I have no uh, other... Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that, well. that's an awesome answer. Like now, I wish I could say that. Like I wish I could, I wish I could just, just, you know, kind of explain to people why I prefer something. So, but sometimes I, sometimes I just can't find the words. <laughs> I really wanted to, you know, go a lot deep into this answer because that's why I was like, ooh, that's a good one. Um, because <laughs> when I released my first YouTube video with my MacBook Pro and all that stuff, you know, one of the top comments I was, I I got is like, this dude has no idea what he's doing. He's spending so much money on a freaking MacBook Pro. You can build like two PCs with that. I'm like, yeah, you can, you can go get a Linux machine too. You can get, build a windows gaming PC too. But dude, I don't have the windows knowledge that you have. I would be completely lost if I opened that windows machine and try to work. You know, yeah, and that the, the 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 time is what what I value, not not the machine, not anything. It's just the time that I'm gonna have to spend 
relearning everything that I'm already doing yeah. my eyes closed on the Mac. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it boils down to effectiveness, right? Like I, I told this story before when my previous boss asked me if I, uh, if I wanted, if they, if I wanted them to give me a new Mac pro for work, Mm-hmm. And knowing what I did for that job, like I was very restricted with, restricted with my design and everything that I could do. I remember basically just telling him like, well, you could get me the new MacBook. If, I mean, the MacBook, the Mac Pro if you want, but my work's still going to look like shit because <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's yeah, the right. same thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's like, people get so caught up with the whole um, spec wars, which I absolutely hate mm-hmm. kind of like it, just because you prefer something else doesn't mean you're less effective. Absolutely. Right? Like it's just yeah. your preference, right? It just, yeah. it works better for me. Um, that's awesome. Thank you for for uh, for all those. This time, Chelsea and I didn't sound like we were interrogating you. So hopefully, <laughs> no. yeah. you hopefully we've gotten great. a little bit better. <laughs> you guys have been so. great. But, but th- it's time for the audience to interrogate you, Aral. So okay. <laughs> we have okay. a couple of questions, if you don't mind that uh, I'm course. sure a lot of the listeners would love if you could maybe answer some of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, sweet. Yeah. So our first question is from Mel O'Cocker. <laughs> um, and they ask, what makes you stand out to other content creators in this space? Hmm. That's a pretty good question for my audience. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> Honestly, I, I think it just goes back to just the intent. And like I said, you know, I my intentions are not gaining more followers. My intentions are not, you know, monetizing this and, you know, trying to make as much as I can or like the popularity. My intentions is just I just genuinely enjoy doing this and I just do it. And I am so eager. I'm so hungry to learn. I always constantly put more onto whether it's my photography skills, whether it, if it's my, you know, programming skills I you know I, I'm always trying to improve myself in both in every way I can mm-hmm. yeah incredible answer I think that is exactly what stands you apart from other creators so. yeah oh I just want, appreciate that I just wanted to clarify yeah. the only reason I was laughing earlier not because of uh mellow C- cocker's name is because just the way Chelsea, just the how sorry. uncomfortable Chelsea looked and I was just laughing so I wasn't laughing sorry. at your name I'm so sorry if you're listening it's, he was laughing at me it's fine <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. This one is from endlines.codes. Did you start sharing on Instagram with intent to monetize your content? Which I think he kind of answered. But I kind of yeah. d- dove into it. But yeah, no. The monetization. So no, but uh, there's a twofold to this answer too. Um, no. Mo- monetizing my account was never an, never the plan. I've never thought of like, oh, I can make good money out of this. You know, I, I like I said, I just genuinely enjoyed it. Now, do I do paid partnerships? Yes, I do. And um, there are two reasons for why I do paid partnerships. One, I just think that my work is worth money. You know, the amount of effort that I put for taking a a picture, you know, the production value, the amount of equipment that I use. I just think that it just deserves money in exchange. Um, And then the second one is just this is my personal opinion. But um, I see, you know, accounts as like, stock stocks and i have horrible economics knowledge on stocks so this is going to be a very high level uh, metaphor um but it's basically you know if i don't charge and i don't do paid collaborations that's just going to automatically devalue my account you know 
if I, you know, imagine Tesla. Tesla is booming right now in stocks. Well, it was.、Um, but imagine just, you know, Elon Musk just went out and started giving out free Teslas. You know,、yeah. that stock would just, the value of that company is just going to go down. So I got to make sure that my work and, you know, my account is overall valued. And, you know, I, I charge the minimum, pretty much whatever minimum I think it is to keep that value going up. Yeah. If I had a, the slow clap button here, I would give you a slow clap. But I don't I, have a slow clap button. I should we'll, add that. We'll、but. get that one of these days. But no, I, but, I completely agree. Yeah. They, I think people, they, they, I was just talking to my wife last night. I said, you know, the funny thing about people when they find out that you work in this space, like content creation, if you have a significant following, the first thing they ask is, oh, you probably get a lot of free shit.、Mm-hmm. I'm like, Well, yeah, but that's not like the, that's the, that's the least thing. Like, a,、mm-hmm. you know, they want to get into this, this whole thing because they want to get the free stuff, I mean, which is fine, I guess. But what I was trying to tell my wife is that that shouldn't be the value of your, of your account, right? Like, you, you shouldn't be, you, you, sh- you should put more value to your content other than getting a free product exchange. That's, that's why Chelsea and I always say, Charge for your collaboration because if you don't, yes, like you said, Aral, it's just devaluing your account and your content. That's very wise. So, thank you for、mm-hmm. echoing that. It serves a slow c l a p And、um, and if you're like in the, you know, if your intentions is to get free shit, like you said, people that look at your content, they're not dumb. Like, you know, maybe you'll get away on the first post, but like, The second one, the third one, people will catch on to the pattern and they just, you know, they lose interest in what you, you're basically, what you're doing is you're kind of just, if I'm reviewing a phone that they sent me, you know, Apple sent me the phone, which they would never do. I know, right? <laughs>、um, <can> do that. <laughs> I, I reviewed this phone, you know, for the first time ever and everyone's like, wow, he got a deal with Apple. It must be really good. He's saying it's really good. Next week, I'm doing a deal with Samsung. And then I'm doing another deal with HTC, and then I'm doing a, another deal with you know, another phone. And, I, and always the, the thing with these collaborations, everyone speaks in like superlatives.、Mm-hmm. It's like the best phone, you know, this game changer. It's the best thing ever. And like when you talk like that, you know, this was the best one. Next week, the other one is like, You know, where is your, where's the reality in this? You know,、yeah. it's just, it doesn't come genuine to the audience, and the audience is smart enough to understand that and、yes. they just lose interest in you. Yeah. It starts yeah. to smell like、uh, those dirty car, car salesmen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's so,、yeah. so much hype behind it. So, yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah. yeah. So, our, our next question is from Sandev,、mm-hmm. and they say, How, or ask, how does one begin a web project?、Um, Google is your friend. There you go.、Uh, There you go.、Um, And moving on. <laughs> jokes aside, though,、um, a, a, a website that I generally、um, suggest people is called Free Code Camp.、Um, it's one word freecodecamp.org.、Um, it's a free site that kind of just walks you through from the very, very fundamentals and basics of. Web development, you know, and to the point where you can actually release that website and host it and, you know, have it publicly available. And they do a pretty good job. It's free of charge. If you're like just dipping your feet into the world of web development and you're not, you know, feeling 100% committed and you just want to kind of try it out, I think it's a good place to start and it gives you a pretty robust、uh, curriculum to, to follow too. Okay. 
We, I'll, I'll probably, we'll probably put that in the in the notes, like the. Yeah, I'll send you a website. link for it. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. That's a good idea. Thank you. Um, Mohammed Rob Lee asks, "What would you recommend to a new grad regarding how to get a remote software job?" Um, well, full disclosure, real quick, I wasn't really looking for a remote job when I got this job. I, you know, I was kind of just applying to pretty much on site and all that. Um, but I mean, this advice can go for any type of new grads, not necessarily software engineers, but a portfolio, you know, it's so important to have some sort of web presence that you can show some of your past works. Um, you know, if you don't, if you're not necessarily a web developer and you don't have a, you know, a showable portfolio, have a GitHub account where you should have your code. Just basically somewhere that people can go look at what you did because your grades don't tell much to the employer. They want to see what in practical you do. So having a, a an effective portfolio, um, if you can't find gigs that will pay for it, just just do your own thing. I did when I was a student. I know I did a lot of free work to some of the stu- uh, the, the school. Um, organizations like you know at the school board the international students affairs whatever so i just did a lot of smaller projects that i could just you know compile into somewhere and say here's all the stuff that i did and you know that just gave me a talking point when during my interviews and it was very effective okay that's good good yeah, advice great great advice um hacks iec asks what's your favorite pair of headphones <laughs> okay <laughs> let's see <laughs> Are we talking over ear headphones, in ear <laughs> headphones? Are we talking casual usage? See, I have this like, is why I like this guy. So I have many. like <laughs> I have like a drawer of headphones with different purposes. <laughs> yeah. So I, awesome. okay, here I'm Me gonna too, break actually. it down. Uh-huh. I'm gonna break it down and you, hacks. What is it? Hacks IEC. Um, I see, yeah. Yeah, you you pick whatever you want to go with because I'm not going to tell you to go buy any of them. Um, <laughs> so if you're looking for just plug and play, something that looks clean, you know, easy, good quality, go with Bose Quiet Comfort. They they're really good with you know noise canceling. They look sleek. They're minimal. If you're looking for functionality, you want to have some like cool, you know, gestures and all that stuff. The Sony headphones are really good. The Sony mm-hmm. WH-1000XM4 now. Four. Oh yeah. Yeah. So four. for now. <laughs> um, yes. Um, they're, they're, I like the user experience of Bose over the Sony, but Sony comes with a lot more um, customizations, functionalities, and all that. Um, but I also have a personal favorite. It's called III. Um, it's a I've heard about Danish. That. I think it's a Danish brand. Um, super minimal look. And um, what I really like about this company is that they only make this one tip type of headphone, and that's all they do. And I love brands that decide here's what we're gonna do, and this is what we're gonna do, and this we're gonna do it the best way possible. And they do a really good job. Um, they have their new version that was released about. They don't release every year like more more of the mainstream headphones. Like they release every you know every two years or so, um, and it's fully configurable to like the type of acoustic um, signal that you have. So if you're a DJ or if you're a audiophile, you can kind of arrange it. I really like their headphones. 
you have the the Sennheiser HD 6XX. I think those are open open end headphones. I'm not a big of fan of open end open open um, open end and yeah open back headphones because you know I like to I don't want people to hear what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then in ear, <laughs> I have the AirPods. AirPods. These are like the the, the the these are the most user friendly. Like it's just plug and play. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Very my. I for workouts I use a either I used to use a Jaybird, so there I don't know if you've heard about the Jaybirds. Um, I had the X twos. Now they're all the way up to I think X four or X five. Mm-hmm. Um, very water resistant and super comfortable. Um, but then I kind of switched those out for the the Beats Pro, the Power Beats Pro, because it just it's just Apple. It just works easier. Yeah, it just yeah, comes yeah. down yeah. to convenience, you know. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> I have the the Beats Pro, the over ear yeah. ones, and mm-hmm. I really like them. Like if I'm mowing the yard or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. just because like you literally open them up and they're like connected to your phone, just like yeah, because it's it's Apple's Apple chip, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Apple has true. the chip in there, so the connection that they have all the control. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's about like six six headphones options that I just gave. So <laughs> there you, you go. make and, up your mind, and yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say Google is their friend. Just type in those six six choices and start deciding. But those are actually really good, like especially the III. Uh, That's the modular one, right? Like the the way you Mm -hmm. literally build it however you want. I saw that. My my brother showed it to me, and I've been very, very curious about it. So it's good to hear that you've actually tried it. So I might actually consider checking this out. You can can pick the band. You can pick the foam on your ear if you want leather or, you know, synthetic. And the cool thing is, once you get your configuration, you can still get parts and switch them out because it's just plug and play. So awesome! That is mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. That look, is really cool. I'm gonna look today. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have one last question. Okay. Uh, this one is from Jacko Gonzalez, and he asks, mm-hmm. "What keeps you going throughout your workday?" Um, I just I just enjoy what I do, man. You know, I I, I enjoy the people that I work with. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I it's, <laughs> I just enjoy doing it. It's, when you enjoy doing something, it's just there's no like motivation need. You're not looking at like, why why do I have to do this? You're just doing it. And that you know, I wake up, make my coffee, and just do what I enjoy doing. Uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. It's it's like <laughs> yeah. a it goes back to um because um, I always have this these conversations in my head. Like when mm-hmm. Aral said earlier, do the dirty work, and you know, just like enjoy what you do like these are the things that i tell myself and to me it's just like doing the the, like one of the secrets to being productive i know chelsea and i were talking about this earlier like how do you stay productive i think one of the secrets at least i mean i'm learning this but i feel like one of the secrets is that you have to fall in love with the dirty work you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. fall in love with the things that you do no matter how small they are and if you enjoy that if you find uh satisfaction in doing that and you can find satisfaction in almost anything right like it's just a matter of like being bored or or that's why you try different things and then you find something that kind of sticks and then relish that enjoy that and i think i think aral has found that secret recipe somehow because he yeah he does love what he does so and i think it it translates through um social media which is which is just amazing Mm -hmm. so i think that's pretty much it yeah um yeah thank you for uh for for the very 
insightful and I would even say educational. <laughs> educational, for sure. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. You've educated us all, and we appreciate that. I think Arl's been the smartest guest that we've... Not, not not to slam our other guests, but I'm just saying, you know? <laughs> like, he's been the, the smartest guest that we've had so far. And For sure. We've Thank extended you very much. This, yeah, we've extended this invitation to um, the others um, as well, but definitely, Arl, if you want to come back, I mean, if one of these days we're going to reach out again and be like, can you come back, please? <laughs> and For sure. I hope you Season say yes. Two. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's been a blast, and you know, I would love to come and chat with you guys. It's it's been real fun. So, Sweet. yeah, I would love to come back. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully, we can all meet up at Adobe Max or something when right? we're allowed to travel and yeah. congregate in large groups again. So yeah, exactly. I look forward exactly. to that. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Me too. All right. Well. Thank you, Aurel. Can you tell, do you have anything that's that's going on that you want to share with the audience? Like maybe how they can find you or would you like to yeah, do um, a new video I'm, or something? I, I have a new one in the works, not out yet. I'm pretty bad with releasing the video, so I'm not going to make <laughs> any promises. Um, but I mean, any any social media channel, you can find me at, at Aurel Tasher. Um, Twitter, I, I'm not active on Twitter that much at all, but I have it. Um, YouTube, Instagram, Instagram is where I'm mostly active on. So, you know, if you guys want to follow my, my fence and my journey and all that fun stuff, you know, check it out. Um, otherwise, yeah, that's it. Wow. Thank you again right. for being here. It's uh, it's, it's an honor and a pleasure yes. to have you around. Uh, it really my pleasure. The pleasure is mine. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, Chelsea. Well, I think that's it for, for this episode. Do we have any okay. reminders for the beautiful ladies and gentlemen? Absolutely. If you guys are listening through iTunes, be sure to hit a couple of those stars if you enjoyed this episode and subscribe. It really helps with the algorithm as well as leaving a, um, a comment or a review. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with your favorite coffee and pizza crew. Until next time, this is Chelsea. And this is Michael. Signing off. Bye. Bye.